0: Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Let's give him a shout. Amen, amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, today is better than yesterday. And tomorrow shall be better than today. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. In the heavenly places. Good day, Good afternoon. Is it good morning? Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at times you wake up and you don't know where you are. But good morning, everybody. How are you doing? I'm so glad to be here uh, this morning. And I want to thank God for Pastor Chris for inviting me to come and, uh, f- you know, Every time I come here, I find this church is going on another glory, another level. You know, that means the presence of God is here. Because God has promised to take us from glory to glory. And so, uh, I thank God. Even the worship this morning has been incredible. So, Pastor Chris and your beautiful wife, uh, let's give them a a God bless you hand clap offering. Amen. And uh, the the founding pastor, Pastor Roland and uh, Pastor Evelyn, they are coming to Kenya, and we are waiting for them as a farmer waits for rain. (laughs) Thank you for the great work. Really, for a vision to reach this level, it has taken a lot of prayer, a lot of tears, a lot of sacrifice. I saw that sanctuary there, and I glorified God. God is faithful. Beginning from nothing, and by faith, building a vision to that level takes the hand of God. Let's give them a a God bless you hand clap offering. Amen. So, we want to get to the word of God. Um, Thank you so much, Pastor Jonah. Let's go uh, to today. I was requested by Pastor Chris to you know, you are launching your family altars, and uh, I I was requested to share on the power of family altars. So, I want us to go to scriptures. I'm going to, let's begin off in the book of um, Genesis, uh, chapter 18, verse 17 to 19. we're looking at the power of family altars. The Bible says, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. I pray that in these few minutes that we have, touch, heal, deliver, transform your people. Bring revelation on knowledge. It is the entrance of your word that brings understanding to the simple. So, Lord, I pray that even as I share, let understanding and revelation come into the hearts of your people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, So, when we talk about family altars, what are family altars? Uh, Family altars are altars that are, are raised up in the family. They are raised up more specifically in your home. And the whole purpose and focus of family altars is to pray for the family and to draw the presence of God in that family. Just to give a brief definition of what altars are, there's a difference between altars and prayer meetings. And altar altars, every time altars were raised up in scripture, they every time acceptable altars, because not all altars are acceptable. Not all sacrifices are acceptable. God rejected the sacrifice of Cain because it wasn't acceptable. You know, at times we think that God is so desperate for our sacrifices. is so desperate that anything that we throw to him, he can just receive. Another. Ooh, thank you so much. God is not so desperate for your sacrifice. You know, God has standards. He has standards. Uh, Let let me just um, put a finger there, and let's look at the book of um, Malachi. Uh, Malachi chapter 1, God says something there that's very, very interesting. He says, um, look at verse 6. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts unto you, priests that despise my name, and you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. If you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person? Says the Lord of hosts. You see what the Lord is saying here? Now, look at verse 10. I like the NIV. Let me read for you NIV. Verse 10 is very, very, very interesting. Um verse 10 he says who is there among you that should, would shut the doors for naught neither do you kind of fire or the NIV sorry yeah or that one of you would shut the temple doors that you would not light useless fires on my altar, I am not pleased with you," says the Lord Almighty, "and I will not. I will accept no offering from your hands. Can you imagine? The Lord is telling the children of Israel that that fire He is desiring he's desiring that somebody would lock the gates of the temple, that the people who come there to offer the fire they would not have access to to come in inside the temple because he calls that fire to be useless fire you know not all sacrifices are acceptable before the lord at times you can worship you can pray but what you're giving does not meet the standards the requirements that god expects from you and so the lord is asking the children of Israel give that to your governor And see if he's going to take it from you. So, when acceptable altars, when I speak about uh, acceptable altars, I'm saying as approaching the presence of God with honor, with respect, with reverence. You know, for example, times we are praying, we are on our phones. Glory to God. Even we are sitting in the service like this morning And, you know, the message is going on. The worship is going on. Some people are on Facebook. They are facing the book. Others are on WhatsApp and what's down and what's there. You know, whatever. You know, I I mean, where is the honor and the reverence and the rest? God is not your equal. Brothers and sisters, he's our father. He loves us so much. He died for us. But we are not on the same level with him. God is God, and he must be respected, honored, and revered. When we approach him with honor, with reverence, we will call upon his name, and he will answer us. He will move, you know. At at times, we get into prayer. we, We are so casual, so casual, you know, with God. I mean, you go and visit your prime minister. Glory to God, you have a new prime minister. You know, in Australia, you're always changing prime ministers like handkerchiefs. <laughs> but we pray that this one will stay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you, you know, uh, uh, you go to the prime minister, and uh, uh, the prime minister is talking to you, and you know, you, every time you're receiving your phone call, and you're telling the prime minister, come on, stop it. I have a phone call. Then you talk, and then again you continue. Stop it. Do you think he's going to give you time? I mean, they're going to throw you out of his presence. So when we, every time, acceptable altars that meet the expectations and the standards of God, they were raised up, the presence of God came down. When Elijah reconstructed the altar, the presence of God came down. When Noah reconstructed the altar after coming out of the ark, the presence of God came down and God himself testified, and he said, I will never destroy the earth again using floods. When David raised an altar in Arunah's uh, threshing floor, Uh, You remember when he counted the people and there was a judgment that came over the nation of Israel and then he raised an altar there which was acceptable. God resigned from that decision and he, he removed the judgment that had come over the nation. So when we are talking about altars, we are focusing on the presence of God. Drawing the presence of God into your home. You know, not only experiencing the presence of God when you are in church. No. So, today, because of time, I, I, I want to focus on that. So, when we talk about prayer po- uh, 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 altars, we are talking about power points. You know, God wants you to establish a power point. If it is a demonic altar, it draws demonic power into your home. Uh, especially, I have, you know, many of my friends, especially in Malaysia, China, Hong Kong, and Singapore, and so on. And I visit their homes, and you find those red, small, you know, boxes where they do those joysticks and all those gimmicks. What are they trying to draw? They're drawing demonic power. But when we raise an altar to the Lord, we are drawing and courting the power of the Holy Spirit in our family. And so, what is the impact of that? Because, child of God, the Jews have been persecuted so much. Judaism has gone through the greatest persecution that any community has ever faced. But Judaism has never been totally eradicated. One of the reasons why they could not eradicate it is because that discipleship in the Jewish family is not best on the synagogue. It was basically best on the family altar. You know, they thought their children. I'm not talking about all Jews, but I'm talking about the serious Jews. The indoctrination took place in the house at home. Many times we leave discipleship to the Sunday school teachers. Great, the Sunday school teachers do a great work. And uh, we celebrate the work that they do because they sacrifice. But how much time do they have to spend with our children? They only come, you know, our our children come to church once, which is a Sunday service. And how many hours do the Sunday school uh, uh, teachers spend with them? It is very few hours. So if you are going to infuse the gospel into your children, you have to develop and you have to be intentional to disciple your children from the family altar, from the family, from your house. That is where you indoctrinate them. So uh, let, let's look at quite a number. Of reasons here why we need to raise up the family altar and what do family altars do. And we are just gonna study two families in the Bible. We're gonna study the family of Abraham and the family of Lot and make comparisons concerning those families. And one thing that we realize at the end of the day what made a difference in those families was because one family was had an altar and another family totally did not have an altar. So we read that scripture where the Lord is saying that I know that Abraham is going to raise up his children in the ways of God. So I am going to reveal to him what is going to happen concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. What a testimony that God gave about Abraham knowing that Abraham was a man that was committed to raising up his children in the ways of God. A man of God, child of God that is here. The greatest people that you need to get respect from and honor. It is your wife and your children. If you cannot change your children, you cannot have impact in your family. It doesn't matter what you do outside. It is all nothing. It is all nothing. The impact and the influence must begin in the house. So uh, let's look at, at what happened. Uh, uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 18, uh, verse 1. The Bible says And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Ma, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him, and when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. What does that tell us? When God comes to visit Abraham's home, he finds Abraham at home. He's He's in the door of the tent. Now, that tells you something that Abraham was a family man. It's a pointer. Because every scripture that you read, there is so much truth under it. He was not an absentee father. He was there for the family. While, on the other hand, when we see in chapter 19... When the the Lord goes to visit Sodom and Gomorrah and he comes to Lot, where does he meet Lot? Lot was not at home. He was in the gate of the city. Which tells you that he was a father and, you know, that is manifested uh, by what, you know, we will look at later by the lifestyle of his children and so on. He was an absentee father. He was always not there in the home. And this is one of the reasons that you see that there is so much darkness that is destroying families. It is destroying our children. Powers of darkness. Because there is no investment that the parents are investing in their children. We invest a lot of money to take them to school, and we invest speaking to them to ensure that they study hard and get good grades, but we do not invest enough time to ensure that our children also grow up in the Word of God. Child of God, to raise up a family that fears God, it does not come by accident, you must be intentional. You have to be deliberate about it, you know? And so, when we look at uh, the family of Lot, because uh, fathers that are here, don't leave the running of the family altar just to your wife. You know? It is many times, wives, anyway, I don't know about Australia. I think the men here are very active on the family altar. But it is many times the wives that are always participating in praying and interceding for the family. And the fathers do not. Fathers, you have the priestly mantle upon your life. Actually, research has proved that even when the fathers just get involved... In doing the homework with the children, children will always perform far much better. Daddy is needed. Your input is needed into the family. Now, look at Genesis chapter 19 and verse 1. Point number 2. We see that, and there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself With his face. You know. So we say that. Lot was not at home. When the angels. Came to visit. His family. That was not a good thing. Then thirdly. We say that. Because the family of Abraham. Had an altar. And I will look at that. We look at that area. Where how his family had an altar. We see that. Sarah was obedient unto Abraham. Sarah called Abraham, the husband, my lord. He didn't call him you. (laughs) You man. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Genesis chapter 18 and verse 2. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure being my Lord being also old. In First Peter chapter 3 and verse 6, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him, Lord, whose daughters are you so long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. That word Lord was a statement of obedience and submission. That home, because of the presence of God, there was respect for one another. You know, they they were not calling at, you know, they they were not, they were not talking to each other. You know, some people call their husband, their wives, you are my bitter lemon. You a bitter lemon. (laughs) (laughs) You know, others call their husband that beast. You know, when there is no presence of God in the home, You know, people don't call each other sweetheart or darling or honey or whatever. They just call each other, you know, very funny things. Are we together? But Sarah called the husband, my lord. How sweet does that taste? Now, I'm not telling you to call your husband, my lord. (laughs) 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 But but what I was saying, there was honor and respect. Because there was the presence of God in that home. You know, uh, 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 one pastor, I was reading a book, and one pastor said, every Sunday morning, he sees 200 miracles. And I said, wow, 200 miracles. You, you must be very anointed. And he said, no. You see, uh, when he, every morning, when couples come to church his church has more than 200 couples so he stands somewhere and he see them coming they are not talking to each other but the moment they come out of the car they smile they put on some plastic mechanical smile <laughs> come on if you're sitting next to your wife tell your wife i love you <laughs> You know, having a family altar doesn't mean that you're not going to have challenges in your marriage. Challenges are going to be there. But because you pray together, you know, you, 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 you have that time of sharing the word of God together and praying together. The presence of God will help you, you know, to create a different atmosphere in your family and to forgive one another very easily. I pray with my wife. We pray every day, but every Monday evening, we have our official family altar. And, uh, when we gather on that family altar, everybody has to share. My children have to share. And, um, my wife also has to share. In fact, my firstborn son is the one who is in charge of Holy Communion because every Monday we take Holy Communion. And, uh, the, the children share the dreams that, they, you know, they are having. And uh, they also share the revelations that they are getting. And I have come to see that because of us praying together, I see that there is such a strong impact. In fact, uh, one of my sons at, the cha- at their school is called a pastor, you know. Because he's always uh, preaching the gospel, and one time he went and challenged the headmaster. Because you see, this thing of uh, this uh, thing from the Western world that children should not be caned has entered Kenya. You know, you are not supposed to cane a child. Uh, so uh, my my son went and told the headmaster, but that is not scripture. It is written, spare the rod and spoil the child. <laughs> you know, and so then the master called me and said, you know, your son was challenging me with a scripture this morning that, you know, uh, children must be kind because if you don't kind, them, of because I, I deal with my children. But, and before I discipline them, I read for them that scripture. You know, I read for them some scriptures. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And as I discipline them, I'm speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> Shabakataya. Shabakataya. <laughs> Foolishness out. Because the Bible says that there is a folly locked up in the heart of a child, but by a road, it is driven out. Now, you can't do that in Australia. Praise the Lord. Please, hallelujah. Don't record it and put it on the, on the Facebook. The, the immigration may lock me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is uh, we need to infuse the word of God into our children, on the family altar, we need to pray together. You know, it doesn't take much time for you to spare an hour to pray. I remember, I have uh, I have three adopted girls, and um, one of my daughters, when she came home, uh, because I adopted her, she had she was born with syphilis. And uh, because she was born with a syphilis, it could not be treated. We, we tried all we could do. I don't know what, what English word to use. But when a sickness becomes immune to treatment, what is that? Uh, not immune, but is it resistant or what? You you, you know, resistant, here yeah, Because she was born with it, so it could not. And so, and this girl wanted to get married, but she could not get married because every month, she would be having sores all over her body, and parts would be coming out in her intimate parts because of syphilis. It was such a pain, and it was also affecting her fingers. So, I taught them, I taught them how to pray. I teach the children how to pray and how to fast. And I told them, you know, you you can pray for yourself, and you can seek the Lord by yourself, because I prayed for her, but she had not gotten the healing. And I told her, maybe God wants you to seek him by yourself. And, uh, in, what in 2013, I think 2013 or 2012, we were having our 40 days of prayer and fasting. And she told me, you know, daddy, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek this God that you always testify about until I personally have an encounter because I really have to get healed because I must get married. And, uh, She began to pray every day from midnight to six in the morning. Every day for those 40 days. She would pray in the living room because I was staying with her. I'd be hearing her praying and crying out to God. And one of those days, she was praying and the fire of God came upon her, fell upon her, and all the sores dried instantly. Syphilis never came back in her life. She was totally healed. She got married two years ago. And now she has a son. She has a son. Praise the Lord. So, I mean, this is not done on the church altar. It is done on family. We need to infuse, you know, the the gospel into our children on the family altar. Now, let's look at... um, uh, we see that Abraham's daughter-in-law, Rebekah, because of the presence of an altar, obeyed Abraham. Remember when Abraham was about to die, he told his servant, go and get a wife for my son from my country. And um, uh, the, the, the servant asked and said, supposing the lady will not be willing to come, you know, to join your son here. And Abraham said, ensure that you don't bring my son back to the country where I came from. Uh, So the the servant went and Rebekah obeyed and came and married Isaac. You know, why? Because the family of Abraham had a powerful prayer altar. You remember that when Isaac when they were going to Mount Moriah to offer uh, Isaac, God had asked Abraham to offer his only, you know, beloved son. And, you know, they are going. And his son Isaac asked his father, you know, we have the wood, but where is the sacrifice? That tells you something that Abraham had trained his son Isaac, that when you approach the presence of God, you must always approach the presence of God with a sacrifice. He had discipled him, even that God had already given a testimony and said that I know that Abraham shall raise his children in the ways of God. So, Rebekah followed and came to get married to, to Isaac. But then, what happened to the children of of Lot? We see that when Lot, the angels of the Lord came and declared that there was going to come a judgment over Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, the Bible says they mocked him. They laughed at him, you know, and uh, 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 and, uh, nothing good came out of that. Why? Because... This was a family that had no prayer. This was a family that never gathered together as a family to worship the Lord. So there was no fear of the Lord amongst the sons-in-law of, of Lot. So when Lot came to tell them, God has spoken to me, there is going to be judgment over this city. It never made any sense to them. you know. But in the family of Abraham... Even Rebecca, though she never saw Abraham, she obeyed. Altars are very, very powerful. People of God, you cannot raise up your children. You cannot raise up your children by telling them, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. No, you cannot raise them under don'ts and do, don'ts and do. That has some power. It can work to a certain extent. But it only works as long as your children are in your presence. They may not do certain things because of respect for you. But what about when your son goes to the U.S.? When they go to live in England and they are not with you. You need to raise your children around the presence of God. You need to teach them how to access and draw the presence of God to themselves. So, in the day when they are not with you, even when they are going through a crisis, they will know how to call upon the name of the Lord by themselves. Not relying on daddy's prayer and on mommy's prayer alone. You know, that was what Job did. Job never taught his children how to access the presence of God. The Bible says that every time they had a birthday, he used to give a sacrifice for them. You know, that, 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 that is good. It is good to pray for them. But it is good to ensure that they also experience. They know what to do. Because we see that though Lot, Lot had tried. Lot tried. Because raising up girls in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the Bible testifies His daughters were virgins. You know, they were virgins. Could you really raise up daughters in Sodom and Gomorrah who were virgins? That was a very tall order. Because Sodom was so wicked. It was full of darkness. It was full of evil. There was, I mean, so much darkness in that place. But he managed to. But then we see that, When these children were subjected under pressure, you remember when they left Sodom and Gomorrah and they went on, uh, which mountain was it where they went to live? And now they want to get married. They cannot get men to get married to. They manipulated their father, gave him wine, and slept with him. That was the first incest recorded in the Bible. Why? Because don'ts and do's, cannot survive pressure they cannot survive pressure there is a level that the pressure becomes too much that don'ts and do's cannot be able to help you but the presence of God will help you to overcome every kind of pressure can you raise up your hands and say Lord I want more of your presence I don't hear you say it again say Lord I want more of your presence Oh, your presence. Somebody, just open your mouth and speak in the Spirit. Just speak in the Spirit. Speak in the Spirit. Even this morning as we are talking on family altars, there is a healing that is coming to some marriages here. There is a healing that is coming to some families here. There is a healing that is coming to somebody's life here. Ramakashaka, Ramasanda Rabagadaya. Makobrekato, Sanda Makataya. Rima Shanda Bakobrekato, Zandia Bakato, Zandama Kataya. Rima Shanda Rabagadaya. Rima Shanda Bakatarabashanda. Rima Soko, Robo Ramande Shakaya Bagadaya. Makara masanda, Holy Spirit, release your presence. Ignite the altars. Ignite the family altars. Release your fire here. Release your power over your people. In the name of Jesus, Ramashana makabrakato, zandaya makato zandaya. Remashana bagarosa, Rema ha 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 ha, Roshakayama, Rama 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 Rama. Your marriage will be spared. Your children will be spared. The darkness that is sweeping over Australia in the name of Jesus. Raise your hand and say, fire of the Holy Ghost. Come upon me this morning. Come on, say it with hunger. Say, Fire of the Holy Ghost. Come over, my children. In the name of Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Australia, marriages are breaking like no man's business. You know, the divorce rate in this country is so high. When divorce takes place, hearts are broken, children are affected. Destinies are crushed. Destinies are destroyed. How are you going to keep your marriage? The only way to keep the marriages, not in a situation and an atmosphere where people are just tolerating one another, but people loving one another and fulfilling destiny is by raising up that family altar. It looks a very simple instruction, but yet very, very, very powerful. How are you going to raise up children in an atmosphere where there's so much rebellion? Hordes of rebellion have been released against the children to ensure that children do not agree with their parents. Drug abuse. All the moral fabric that is breaking down in society. How are you going to raise up children? Only by the presence of God. Bringing the presence of God in your house. Raising up (coughs) family altars in your house. There's so much I can share, but I want to pray for you. But let me give you the last point, then I pray for you. Family altars are powerful in shaping destinies of families. Let's read Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 21. Then came to him, the mother of Zebedee's children, with her sons, worshiping him, and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What will thou? She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. This is the mother of the sons of Zebedee. She came to Jesus and asked Jesus a prayer. Please let my son, let one sit on the right and another on the left. That woman was very, 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 very ambitious. (laughs) Because if one son sat on the right and another on the left, most likely she would sit behind. So I don't know where you and me would be sitting. (laughs) But anyway. You know, I love mothers. I love mothers. Can we give the mothers in the house a hand clap offering? Can we celebrate our mothers? And let's celebrate our fathers. Now, listen. This lady came to Jesus. And she did not ask Jesus for her personal need. Hallelujah. She didn't ask Jesus, come on, pray for my business. Pray for my hair. (laughs) If it was a gentleman, if it was a man like me, a man would have told Jesus, pray for my business. Pray for my money. Pray for my career. You know, men are always talking about their career. I don't know about Australian men. But this woman asked for the children. Let my son sit on your right and your left. What was she praying for? She was praying for greatness. She wanted her children to become great. Now, was that prayer answered? Yes, it was answered. Because the sons of Zebedee, it was John and James. They were the sons of Zebedee. Now, when you read later on in scripture, Jesus Christ had the three who were in the inner circle. Who were they? It was Peter, John, and... So, her prayers for greatness for her children, they were answered. When we pray on family, the prayers on the family altar shape the destiny of your children. They shape the destiny of your marriage. Are we together? When Rebecca was leaving home to go and get married to Isaac, they prayed for her and they prophesied on her. And they told her, you are our sister. And may your seed possess the gate of your enemies. That was not in church. It was not in a synagogue. That prophetic word came on the family altar. Did it come to pass? Yes! Rebekah gave birth to Jacob. Jacob to Judah. Judah to David. David to Jesus. And Jesus possessed the gates of the enemy. But the prophetic word was given at home. So, Brothers and sisters, let us raise up family altars. As your pastors are challenging you about this, this is one of the greatest strategies to overcome the hordes of hell that is coming to destroy family and to destroy your children. I want to pray. Hallelujah. I want to pray and release an anointing of family altars. Everybody, just open your mouth and begin to pray for your family right now in the name of Jesus. Just pray for your children. Pray for your marriage. Pray for your grandchildren. Intercede for them in the name of Jesus. Let's just stand up on our feet. I want everybody that is married. Worship team get there. Everybody that is married, just raise up your hand. If you came with your spouse, just join your hands together. Okay, let me have all the married couples. Couples, just come over here. I just want to pray for you. I have about 10 minutes to pray in the name of Jesus. We want to release that. I believe that FGA is going to have... Yes. Please stand on the line. Just just join join your hands with your meta. the lord is the lord is working right now the lord is reviving your marriage in the name of jesus father lord come on now bless bless your wife bless your wife bless your wife as a husband I wanted you to do a prophetic act. Lay your hand upon your wife, uh, wife's head and just bless them because you are the priest of the house in the name of Jesus. Bless, bless, bless that woman. Bless that lady. Bless them with long life. Bless them with wisdom. Bless them that she will be a woman of virtue in the name of Jesus Oh my God, we bless all the mothers that are here today in the name of Jesus. Bless them with divine health in the name of Jesus. Bless them with wisdom. The Bible says that Abigail was a woman of good understanding. Bless them with that. Yes, 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 yes. Now, husband, wives, bless your husband. Pray for him that he will be the priest of the house. He will be the priest of the house. He will take up his priestly position as the priest of the house in the name of Jesus. Roshaka I bless these families, I bless these husbands, I bless their wives, I bless the marriages in the name of Jesus. I release the power, I release the anointing, I release the fire of the Holy Ghost. I bless your children in the name of Jesus. Thank you Holy Ghost. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless all marriages here. I pray for the grace of forgiveness. Some of them are bitter with one another. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for healing in the hearts. In the name of Jesus, touch, heal, restore, restore, restore the marriages that have grown so lukewarm. In the name of Jesus, I speak life back into those marriages to the glory and honor of of your name in the name of Jesus. You can go back and sit. I want to pray for somebody you're having um, uh, you know problems with your neck you know and um, just stand here just, just, just hurry you know our time is going I'm going to be doing more of the healing service in the evening in the name of Jesus Oh, it's you. Oh, <laughs> okay. Just stand over there. The Lord is going to heal you. I'm going to pray for you. Okay. P- Brothers and sisters, let's sing this song. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire fall on me. Let's turn up. Fire, 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 fire. Fire, fall on me. As the day Pentecost. Fire 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 fire, fire 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 fall on me fire 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 fall on me as as the day of fire fall on me as a as the day of cross, fire fall on me Fire 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 fire, 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 fire! fire, fall on me! Fire fire, 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 fire! Fire, fall on me! As the day of Pentecost, fire, fall on me! And Sunday of Pentecost, fire, fall on me! Raise your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your fire. Even as I'm praying now, there is a sister here. You are married, your husband is not here. Your marriage is on the rocks. I want to pray for you. Just come to the front in the name of Jesus. Your marriage is on the rocks. You've been going through such a challenging time. I want to pray for you. Just come over here. The Lord wants to move and heal your marriage today in the mighty name of Jesus. Just come forward. your marriage you know it is your husband is not here, your husband is not here uh, but your marriage is really been having challenges. Just come to the front. I want to pray for you because the Lord is performing a miracle right now. Are you the one? Just come over you? release your fire, release your anointing. I release your presence in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Revive I release your fire, I release your anointing I release your presence in the name of Jesus Christ the Son of the living God Holy Ghost Holy Spirit I break every part of darkness from your neck in the name of Jesus Just touch your neck, touch your neck Touch, touch, touch the neck in the name of Jesus, I take authority. I break sickness. I break every bondage. I break every yoke. I break every power of the enemy. I command it loose. Loose their lives. I break every point of discomfort. I crush it. I render it powerless. In the name of Jesus. I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost to destroy that bondage to destroy that yoke from off your neck in the name of Jesus I destroyed that discomfort I break it loose in Jesus name Powerless in the name of Jesus Powerless in the name of Jesus Powerless in, Power in the name of Jesus Just turn your head, turn, turn your neck, turn your neck The Lord is healing it right now in the name of Jesus Oh, Holy Ghost, I break that power of darkness. I crush it from your neck. I release the fire of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I release power. I break every pressure. I release the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Let there be healing right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Now, begin to turn your neck around. The Lord is healing it totally. In the matter, you also have a neck. Oh, you are standing because of your wife. Great. In the name of Jesus. Just turn it. Where is that lady? Marriage. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the husband of this sister. I release the power of the Holy Ghost. Makara mashana. I bless this marriage in the name of Jesus. It shall stand. It will not break. I stop all the storms against your marriage in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak life. All powers of the enemy, I destroy them. I crush them. The pain that you're having in your heart, in the name of Jesus, I declare a visitation. I declare an anointing of restoration. In the mighty name of Jesus, Christ the Son of the living God. I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak healing. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing. I speak healing, I speak healing. I speak healing. I speak healing in your neck. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Lord is visiting your family in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The Lord says, I set you apart. You are going to have such a very beautiful family in the name of Jesus. It's going to be a beautiful family. A family that will worship the Lord together in the mighty name of Jesus. I visit you. The family blessing is coming over your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Lord, I release the anointing. And the Lord is, is planting you and positioning you in His house. He's going to use you as a blessing in His house. You're a woman with a big heart, a lover of people. Holy Spirit. breathe on her 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 this is your day this is your day this is your day I release the power of God you have prayed for the last nine months The Lord says, today, that prayer has been heard. It has been heard. And it has been answered. Today. It is done. It is done. It is done. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to thank the Lord. You have a neck problem? You have a neck problem? in the name of jesus i speak restoration restoration divine visitation divine visitation in your life i want to pray for somebody you are having a challenge in your lungs i don't know whether it has to do with your breathing but something to do with your breathing or your lungs i want to pray for you just rush over here I want to pray for you. The Lord wants to touch you and heal you instantly right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare, I declare healing. I declare healing. I declare healing. I declare healing. Be healed. Yeah, turn it. Turn it. Turn the neck. Turn it. Yeah, as uh, we come to the, you know, as Pastor Chris closer, there's some people you want to give your life to Jesus. You came here, you're not born again, and you want to give your life to Christ this morning. I want you to raise up your hand. I want to pray for you. You're not born again, and you want to give your life, you want to know Christ on a personal level. Raise your hand. Somebody there, you want to give your life to Christ. Please raise your hand. Where is that person? Come, 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 come! Want to get born again? There, come on! Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap. Somebody's giving their life. Somebody there? Somebody there? You're giving your life to Christ? Okay. What's your name? You speak English. Okay, repeat this prayer. Say, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me today. Repeat after me. Say, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Today, with my heart, I accept you as my personal Savior and as my Lord in Jesus' name. I confess, with my mouth, I am born again, from today. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Somebody else, you also want to get born again? No? The lungs, and how? You, you want your lungs. You have lung problem you want to get born again